Statistical models tell us that it happened about November the 15th of last year. We don't know where it happened, and we don't know if it was a male or a female, but the eighth billionth person was born onto the planet. The global population crossed over the line of eight billion people. There's a lot of us. And radical environmentalists are losing their minds because of it. It's interesting as we are just a few weeks away from the next annual Earth Day, that environmentalists are all bent out of shape because there are so many people on the planet. They've determined that mankind is, quote, a cancer on the earth and that something radical has to be done. This is the heart and soul of uh, the climate change agenda, uh, the depopulation agenda. It's interesting, uh, there are people among us who are convinced that the world must be uh, de-industrialized because humans are such a threat to the planet that the earth itself is in danger of dying. Now, besides the fact that that is such an incredibly uh, self-centered and self-important view of the place of humans on this vast ecosystem that is planet earth, the thing that we really need to be concerned about is the crazy solutions that they have to offer to solve this so-called problem. The reality is, and I'm going to share this with you in just a minute, we need to celebrate 8 billion people on the planet. More people on the planet today than at any point in human history. But rather than seeing humanity as a cancer on the earth, we need to understand that the possibilities of innovation and creativity have increased and are almost limitless because of every successive generation of those who bring their giftedness to the human condition. Well, let's talk about some of the solutions that are being offered uh, to this so-called problem. Since President Biden came into office, he has done everything in his power to depower America. On day one, he killed the Keystone XL pipeline. He halted new oil and gas drilling on public lands. He rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, which commits America to cutting our greenhouse gas emissions, but not China's. The most populous nation on the earth is exempted from any of these climate change considerations. Now, that's a whole different conversation, but I find it interesting that a nation with more than a billion citizens uh, is apparently not at fault for this disaster that they tell us about that is destroying the planet. Biden's Environmental Protection Agency reinstated Obama-era rules that make it more expensive to produce oil and gas. They issued rules to make internal combustion engine-powered cars more expensive, and they gave Green California the unprecedented and probably unconstitutional authority to dictate what kind of cars Americans can drive. Biden has empowered the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission with the authority to block new oil and gas pipelines on the basis of climate concerns, and he's continuing to halt new oil and gas drilling on federal lands, even in defiance of a federal court order. 
Well, for a moment, let's just grant the idea that fossil fuels are the problem and that humans are the issue. What are the solutions? Well, we're told that we need alternative forms of energy. We need wind and solar power. Those are the, the, the keys to the future. Well, let's look at the reality of that, that situation. Renewable technology such as wind turbines, solar panels, industrial-scale battery storage, and electric vehicles require a wide range of critical minerals from around the world. Now, there's several problems related to that statement. One is that many of those natural resources required for uh, industrial-level batteries are found in lands controlled by Russia, China, and other nations hostile to American interests. In other words, the global supply chain of the natural resources necessary for industrial battery production uh, is by definition uncertain for us. Lithium batteries, if, if gasoline is the energy that, that drives cars, lithium is the energy that drives batteries. Lithium batteries um, require a number of different resources that take disastrous mining uh, processes that do much more damage to the earth than, uh, than the drilling and production of fossil fuels. The head of a leading electric car company, Rivian, warned that the battery supply chain, which includes the mining and the refining of minerals and the assembling of battery packs, it remains a massive hurdle for the industry, even as the government pushes aggressive transition policies. The Wall Street Journal reports that President Biden has crafted policies to ensure that 50% of new vehicle sales in the U.S. are emissions-free, meaning electric, by the year 2030 less than a decade, and in addition, he's committed the U.S. government in their 600,000 vehicle fleet that it will be completely electric by 2035. Here's the problem with that. Put very simply, experts in the field tell us that all of the world's battery production combined represents under 10% of what we will need in only 10 years. In other words, 90 to 95% of the supply chain for this transition to electric power doesn't even exist. He also noted that the price of lithium has increased by over a thousand percent in the last five years. So these cheap alternatives without the, government, the massive government subsidies that have been granted to that industry over the years, it's not actually cheap at all. There's a reason electric cars range $65,000 in price tag. Not only that, but the storage of energy is uh, a problem. We have, ideally, in a national reserve, we have two months of oil reserved by the U.S. government, enough oil set aside so that in some sort of emergency, we're supposed to have enough oil for our nation to function for two months in a crisis. Experts in the electric field tell us 
that we have barely two hours of national electricity demand stored in all the utility scale batteries that are, that are a part of a million cars in America. The Tesla Gigafactory, which is the largest battery production facility in the world, says that to make enough batteries to store just two days worth of U.S. electricity demand would require the factory to work around the clock for a thousand years. We're told that this is the wave of the future, but all you have to do is plug the numbers into a math equation to figure out that this is not workable. We're told that the science is settled, that this is the wave of the future. The fact of the matter is the science is not settled, but it's been settled because we have an agenda at work here. Well, how do we think about this? Paul Ehrlich, who was not too long ago featured on CBS's famed 60 Minutes, speaks about the negative impact that people have on the planet. This was his quote. Humanity is very busily sitting on a limb that we're sawing off. Now here's what it comes down to. Is cow flatulence the problem? Is it emissions from gas vehicles? Is it simply the very presence of humans on the planet? What is the problem? Well, environmentalists tell us that at the core of it all, it's driven by the presence of humans. One environmentalist has, has said that even now, as we cross over the 8 billion mark in population, his estimate, frankly pulled out of the sky, is that the Earth can only sustain long-term 1 billion residents at most. Okay, well, while that's an interesting assertion to make, even though it's just an assertion because it's made with no evidence to truly evaluate what the earth can sustain, the real, the practical question to follow up is, all right, how are you going to eliminate 7 billion people? See, they don't want to talk about those details because we're not just talking about statistics here. We're talking about an, a political agenda that has at its heart a desire to kill 84% of the people on the planet in the name of protecting the earth. Now, say, how do we think biblically about all of this? I mean, first of all, we're going to talk about our responsibility toward the earth. But here's, a, here's an interesting question. If mankind was extinct tomorrow, if 8 billion people disappeared from the planet, what would be noble about earth in its vacancy, in its emptiness? What is the noble goal of this movement? Well, maybe I'm too skeptical, but I'll tell you what the ultimate goal is. It's not about the earth at all. It's about the redistribution of human wealth and the consolidation of power over other human beings. Well, how do we think biblically on this issue? Well, 
first chapter of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible tells us this. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Verse 31, And God saw that he had made all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. You see, God gave mankind the position of being the pinnacle aspect of creation. But being the pinnacle aspect, unlike what we're told in secular worldviews, we are not simply the most prolific of the animals that populate this planet. We have been given the role of doing a couple of things by God. Created in God's image, we reflect His approach, His relationship to His creation. He has given us an order to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That is not a problem. That is divine design. And he has instructed us as stewards to have a responsibility to care for the earth, understanding that as the pinnacle of creation, the earth is not a goddess to be worshipped. The earth is not a priority that stands above the preservation of human life but that we have a stewardship responsibility over the earth so that the fullness of the population that God has put on this earth can be sustained. Here's the thing. Natural resources are not a zero-sum game. We're told that we're running out of things. We're, we're deforesting the planet. We're exhausting fossil fuels. We're going to run out of all of these things, and, we're, and humanity is going to die an ugly death. I don't know why that's a problem for environmentalists because that's what they're proposing all along. That's what they want to get to. But what they never include in the equation is human innovation and creativity as an element to be considered. They always suggest that things are being exhausted. We're using up the earth. But they neglect in their climate extremism this idea that... Uh, their dire predictions never allow for uh, the reality that human innovation always makes things better. In fact, the more humans there are on the planet, the more creative, the more productive, the more innovative we have traditionally become. They tell us our planet is dying, but that only happens when man is God. When man understands his place as a representative of God, responsible for caring for the earth, but in caring for the earth, responsible for caring for the people who populate the earth, that that's really the value here. We, we can only have hope when we have a biblical approach to the earth. The climate change agenda is really about domination by an elite few 
over the masses. And if they need to eliminate a percentage of those masses, then so be it to consolidate wealth and to consolidate power. As biblical thinkers, we can't think in those terms because the earth doesn't belong to us. It's been entrusted to us. But entrusting the earth to us also involves the responsibility to care and provide for people. Eight billion people? Man, that's something we should celebrate because now, more than any generation ever before, there is more creativity, there is more cooperation, there is more innovation that has the possibility of solving any issues that we face, more possibilities than we've ever had before. Don't be caught up in the pessimism and the prophecies of dire consequences that come from people who clearly only have power and wealth as their motivations. See, if this was really about the earth, then China would be leading the way. But it's not about any of that. It's all smokescreen for a different agenda. You know who really cares about the earth? Those who are created in the image of God and take seriously our charge to be fruitful, to multiply, and to subdue the earth so that it is productive, so that it is healthy, so that the people who live here can be made strong, can find their way to the God who created them and loved them enough to provide a way of redemption. As we approach Earth Day in a few weeks and as we think about the eight billionth citizen that's recently been born, don't listen to this hysteria that we need to depopulate the earth, that we need to, to eliminate fossil fuel usage. The solution is not that we're running out of things so we have to stop everything human. The solution is let's quit saying the science is settled and let's get to work to make things better, to invent, to create, to subdue, to rule over the earth as stewards charged with the care of what God has put into our hands. This is Truth Currents. Thank you.